What's going on? Welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Tonight, the Pelicans are home for their one preseason game here inside the Smoothie King Center as they welcome in the Orlando Magic. Joining me now, Will Guillory, who covers the Pelicans and the NBA for The Athletic. Always great having Will on the show. And of course, he watched Monday's game and we'll get his thoughts on that. Plus tonight's game against Orlando. Will, good to talk to you again. I know we have seen each other in person. We continue to do these on Zoom just to make my life a little easier, but it was just nice seeing you the other day and during training camp. I'm glad we're sort of getting back to normal here. It was very exciting to be back in the building to see my guy Daniel actually be up close to the players. I actually was close enough to even touch Willie Green. I didn't touch him for COVID protocols, obviously. But, you know, it was nice to, you know, see the basketballs bouncing, seeing guys running around, doing stuff. It's just a great feeling to get a little bit closer to normalcy. And we'll get a little bit closer tonight as you will be here inside the Smoothie King Center. But I want to go back to Monday's loss against Minnesota. Obviously, a tale of two halves for this team. Half number one did not look so good for New Orleans, but you saw a lot of fight in the second half led by that second unit. I guess what sticks out to you the most about Monday's first preseason game under head coach Willie Green? Yeah, I think the two that jumped out to me were the the two leading scorers, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Trey Murphy. I I think it's pretty astounding to see Trey Murphy in particular picking up right where he left off. Summer League, man, the guy, you know, still hasn't played his first NBA game, but it feels like, He's been around in this league for years. He, he's so comfortable in his role. He knows exactly who he is, what he can do, what how he can help this team. And he, he's so self-assured, uh, you know, for a young guy, a rookie in this league. You know, we've seen for the past couple of years, these young guys come through the Pels organization and it takes them some time to figure out how they can fit in, what they can do to help, what they could get away with in college and not so much it works in the NBA and with Trey Murphy, he's knocking down that three ball consistently, not taking bad shots, knowing where to be defensively. Uh, I think it's really impressive. And again, just the, the continued growth of Nikhil Alexander Walker is something we've heard throughout the summer, you know, see people around this team really excited about what he can do, how he can step up in an increased role, obviously, you know, with some minutes freed up in that backcourt with Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe gone. So, yeah, I think it was good for the team to see two of their young guys continuing to grow as this team kind of, you know, lays out this foundation around Zion and B.I. You have an exclusive interview with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. That article is out now on The Athletic. If you haven't read it, please do so. If you haven't joined The Athletic, please do so as well. What stuck out to you about that? What did you learn about Nikhil in that article? Maybe just a little snippet of what what the article is about and, and maybe something you can share with us. Yeah, first and foremost, talking to Nikhil for an extended time, man, it really stands out just how mature of a kid he is. And he kind of going back to my Trey Murphy point, he knows who he is. He kind of understands what he can do to help this team. And I think it it wasn't so easy for him the way it looks for Trey Murphy early on, you know, going now into his third coach in his third season, going through, you know, COVID during his rookie season, having trouble last year, kind of finding his way with Stan Van Gundy. And I think now he's in a much better place mentally. And I think that's the thing he's really excited about going into year three, being in a better place mentally, knowing how to deal with the ups and downs of the NBA. Uh, I think he was a guy who beat up on himself a lot when he had those bad shooting nights those games where he seemed like he was shooting too much or he wasn't involved enough. He was kind of holding so much over himself. And I think now 
he's doing a better job of dealing with the day-to-day. And I think that's something you'll see this season. And, and you know, it's not surprising for me because I'm obviously, you know, captain of the North Stand Club over yes. here. You know, I've been <laughs> loving Stan. I've been loving Noss since he came out of college. And I think this year, man, I think he's poised for a really big year, not just because of the skills we saw, obviously, in that first preseason game, but I think mentally he's much more prepared now and he has a better understanding of how to contribute with this team. I completely agree. I think the maturity is what really stands out. It puts a lot of thought into his answers and really stuck out to me as far as focus is just fitting in and wanting to make sure he helps his team succeed. And I think that was, you know, for someone in his third year, um, I thought that was really impressive to hear um, the last couple times he's talked to the media. Um, you know, unfortunately here, we're starting with some injuries, uh, including tonight, you know, you get Jonas Valanciunas back, but you lose now Brandon Ingram and Jackson Hayes is out tonight with that ankle injury. And of course, Zion Williamson, how big of a deal is it as far as when this team's trying to get acclimated under a new head coach? I don't want to make a terribly big deal because these injuries, it looks like Brandon's going to be fine. They're just being cautious. Same with Jackson Hayes. And of course, Jonas was being cautious the other night. Is there any concern about, you know, the lack of continuity because of these injuries or is it more of there's so many things that you have to worry about right now with this team, as far as just getting into a rhythm, learning what Willie Green's all about that, you can afford to have these guys sit out now and they'll still be okay come opening night. Yeah, I think, you know, this is kind of the process during preseason. Guys are going to be in and out of the lineup. I think the biggest thing is having guys around for those extended practice periods where you can have those five-on-fives where Willie Green can kind of step in and speak about, you know, how he wants things to run, how he wants his system to look with these guys. I think the biggest thing for them to adjust to is when Zion finally comes back because he hasn't practiced with them. He wasn't in Nashville with them getting those runs. So I think it's going to be, you know, a real shock to the system when he comes back because so much of the offense runs through him and he's such a big part of this team and he just hasn't been around, unfortunately, because of that foot injury. But I think the B.I. injury, you know, from what we've been told, he, he's probably going to be fine. Uh, as you said, Jonas is probably going to be back tonight. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson comes back at some point toward the end of the preseason. Maybe they they hold him out uh, until the opener. But I think, you know, the like I said, the big thing is just having all these guys together in practice sessions. I think that's been important. Uh, but again, just getting Z back at some point when he comes back, what he looks like how his minutes are going to work. Uh, are we back to burst land? Uh, hopefully <laughs> not. I never want to say the word burst again for the rest of my life. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the big thing is getting him back, getting him ingratiated. But I think everybody else, it, it seems that they're progressing really well. They fit in with Willie Green's system. They enjoy his style of coaching, the way he's a lot, giving them much more freedom within the offense. So I think they're all excited about that. But it's just, you know, at some point we got to see this team together and it just hasn't happened so far. I am anxious to see what uh, how Jonas does tonight, more so because he talked about today the balance that he's trying to have with continuing to play his game down low. He's always been a traditional big man, but also realizes the importance of the three ball with the big man now and spacing the floor. And he said, especially when Zion gets back, it's only going to help me. It's only going to help this team if he goes beyond the arc. What are you looking for tonight out of him in this first run uh, here with the Pelicans under Willie Green? Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting because we just haven't seen many guys like Jonas Valanciunas in Pelicans uniforms before. I mean, you can maybe kind of say Boogie Cousins was a low post guy, but we know he loved to jack up those threes. He wanted to be point Boogie every now and then, or most of the time, I should say. And Jonas, like you said, is a guy, is an old school guy, loves to score in a post. He'll get up a three ball every now and then, but he wants to operate around the basket. And I think that'll be a, a different uh, type of piece for this team to have because Steven Adams is a guy last year 
who spent a lot of time down around the basket, but he wasn't as much as an offensive threat. I mean, Jonas is a guy who put up 30 and 15 multiple times last year. He's a guy who can dominate games under the basket, and that just hasn't been present with this team in a long time. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see where he fits in in an offense that, like Willie Green has said before, he wants to be up and down. He wants to play with pace. He wants to play with ball movement and involving a guy like Jonas in that system. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting because we know Jonas can do it. I mean, they kind of did that last year uh, in Memphis. That's a team that loved to get up and down with John Morant, obviously, and they still got Jonas involved. So I think it'll be good just to have those different options where you could be a half-court scoring team with Zion and Jonas in the paint, and then you can also get up and down on the wings with guys like B.I., like Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think that'll be a different uh, type of look with this team and just having, you know, some versatility in how you can score and how you can attack teams, I think is going to be really important. So what do you look out for tonight in game number two? Uh, they'll wrap up preseason surprisingly on Monday. It seems like, you know, we're starting this thing and then it's going <laughs> to end real quickly next Monday right. in Utah. When it comes to tonight and what you're looking for personally is a particular player. Is it something that needs to change? Obviously the turnovers were one of the biggest issues on Monday night. Is it just the hustle and the chemistry? What kind of things are you looking for tonight when evaluating this ball club? Yeah, I think, you know, we mentioned it already, but Jonas Valanciunas, I'm interested to see what he looks like in a Pels uniform, how he fits in this system. You know, is he going to jack up more than two or three three-pointers tonight? Is he going to try to, you know, shoot even more than he did with Memphis? I think that's going to be interesting because obviously Zion spends so much of his time in the paint. He's the most dominant paint scorer in the league. So figuring out where Jonas fits in that equation is going to be really important. And I think with Jackson Hayes out, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Willie Green does with that front court depth, because obviously Zion's out as well. Uh, so, you know, I think we're going to see some Herb Jones at backup center tonight. Uh, I think he's going to be really interested to see how much Willie Green leans into that, because I can tell you he loves him some Herb Jones. A lot of people around the team love what Herb Jones brings. Um, I mean, we've heard all the names, straight jacket, seat belt. Uh, <laughs> people called him not today. Uh, you know, with people I never heard of a second round pick with this many nicknames, you know, before he's even played his first real game. But people love what he's done, his energy he's brought to the building. Uh, we've heard he's working with uh, Fred Vincent on his shooting post-practice. So uh, they think he has a really high ceiling. And I think it's going to be interesting to see just how Willie uses him and how he works in some of those small ball lineups. And if that, that's something they can go to during the season. So I think that's something I'll be keeping an eye on as well. You know, I was talking to Todd Ravney at shoot around today, and I was talking about Herb and how much people are really enjoying him and like, oh, wow, you know, look out for this guy. And I think, well, how's a guy that's getting all this hype pick 35th overall? Is it just a matter of his height when it comes to the traditional big man or just, you know, a guy that can play up to five, but obviously a little smaller at six, eight, six, nine. Is that the biggest concern with him is his height? Cause I'm just trying to figure out, you know, all these good things said about him and he looked pretty good in this first game the other night. Is it just the height? That's the biggest issue right now for him. Yeah. I think he came out a little bit as a, as a tweener guy played some yeah. three, some four in college, you know, wasn't really known for that three ball. Obviously that's so important in today's NBA. And, and you know, obviously, the offensive game is, you know, is prioritized so much. And I think a guy who, who really wasn't known as a scorer in college, that might have scared a few teams away, uh, not being that knockdown shooter. Everybody wants that quote unquote three and D guy, six, seven can defend multiple positions and can knock down that corner three. We know Herb is a guy who can defend like crazy. I think he was one of the best defenders coming out this year. 
but he just hasn't kind of gotten it down with that three ball yet. And that's something that they're focusing on with Fred Vincent. And I think that might've been the reason he slipped, but I think you're exactly right. I mean, when you see this guy play, it's obvious he's got a high basketball IQ. He knows how to move on the court. He can get to the rim. Uh, I think he reminds me, this is a weird name to throw out there, but he reminds me a lot offensively of Derek Jones Jr. A guy who I've loved for a long time, played in Miami, uh, was with the Portland last year. Uh, I think, He's a guy who didn't really have that three ball for his career, but he's known how to involve himself in offensive rebounding, transition, stuff like that. He's not throwing the crazy dunks down like Terry Jones Jr. airplane mode, but I think he's a guy who can get to the rim. And once he starts knocking down those threes, he's going to be a valuable piece for this team moving forward. You know, someone compared him to someone that played in the 70s. I want to test your NBA knowledge is how much you know from back then. But someone told me, gave me a comparison of him to Dennis Johnson of the Seattle Supersonics. Mm-hmm. It just kind of showed me a highlight reel of seven blocks in one game for him. I was like, I can kind of see it with Herb Jones. So if you haven't known about Dennis Johnson, uh, look up some highlight reels of him on YouTube. But that, that's someone that I don't know if you remember him, Will. Uh, that's way before your time here. So yeah, it's a little bit before my time. A little bit before my time, too, <laughs> trust me. But, yeah, Dennis Johnson was a guy that his name stuck out. I was like, all right, that's interesting. So definitely look up him uh, when you get a moment. Will? I really appreciate it. How can folks follow you on Twitter to click on that Nikhil Alexander Walker article? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Will Guillory. That's G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. Find out my work at theathletic.com. Got a fun article with uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker up this morning, man. It was great talking to him, getting his perspective, and just seeing his growth as a human, not just a basketball player, but as a human through his first couple years in the league. So, yeah, y'all go check that out. We've got a deal right now going, 50% off all new subscribers. So no time better than now to go get your subscription and join the club. Just so you know, Will play, pays the other 50%. So it's not just you get 50% off. Will's covering, putting the bill for you for the other 50%, just so make sure that the athletic can, can you know, keep going a little bit. Just I appreciate that, Will. You're very unselfish. Hey, I'm a man of the people. That's what I'm here for. You know what I'm saying? To keep the people happy. Yeah, that's why you got all those shoes behind you, man. You, you're, you're okay with the <laughs> you're okay with the moolah, you know, that shoe collection. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, that, no, this is actually just a, a fake background. OK, uh, this is, none of this is real behind. You me. found the Tony Allen one. I'm glad he found <laughs> one that has Tony Allen jersey hanging up. I, you know, it's funny is Portland doesn't come till March 30th this year. We don't go to Portland till then. So I know you're sure you got that circled on your calendar, but it seems so far away to get hit up the Nike store. I know it hurt my feelings, man. I'm ready to get back. I'm ready to go sit down at Piazza Italia and just stuff my face with pasta. I'm looking forward to it. I'm counting down the days right now. All right, that's Will Guillory of The Athletic. Again, be sure to look out for his work at theathletic.com. And of course, we'll be here tonight. Full recap for him as well. If you're not coming to the game tonight, you can watch it tonight on Valley Sports New Orleans. Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale are back. Of course, you can listen to Todd Graffinini, John DeShazer, and Aaron Summers tonight on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM exclusively on the flagship station. No other radio affiliate will carry the preseason. And then we'll be back on Friday with another podcast. In other game days, the Pelicans head back on the road and take on the Chicago Bulls. Until then, for Will Guillory, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.